Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Language of Play. Today, we have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world joining me today, and it is my daughter, Gwen. Gwen is here to share a story of doing something that I thought was, like, not possible, and I am so glad to learn from my daughter. So join us today for a very fun conversation where we talk about teaching your child elimination communication. And this episode is full of conversation about poop and pee, and you will laugh. So have fun. Join us today. And listeners, some of you have talked about my availability for booking clients again. I will be open starting June 1st. So if you have been on the fence about having coaching around your parenting topics, feel free to email me at hello at the language of play. Now is a really good time to start that discussion so we can decide if June is a good time for you to begin. It is a very good time if you have questions, concerns, thoughts, and want ideas for summertime with your kiddos. So look in the show notes below, hello at thelanguageofplay.com, and there will be a calendar booking link for you too. A coaching testimonial from Robin said, Dina Lynn was wonderful at helping us deal with real situations that came up and brainstorm ways to react better the next time something similar happens. By learning to pay close attention to the things that are below the surface that cause children to react the way they do, she taught us to become something of a detective to figure out what is going on emotionally and physically with our child. We are certainly not perfect parents after this course, but we have a clearly defined path now and have made noticeable progress. Taking the time to learn these skills that Dina Lynn is teaching enables us to set our kids up for success as adults, boosting their confidence and self-esteem and sense of responsibility within the family, which makes them feel more part of the family team. With these tools, we can talk to them in a way that they'll both feel seen and heard and understand what we want from them and feel respected in the process. If you want to build parenting skills right now that will affect your relationship with your children for the rest of your lives, take Dana Lynn's course. You won't regret it. Thank you so much, Robin. I am so glad it impacted you the way it did. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Hello. Yes, here we are with Gwen. Gwen is my daughter. She has one son and she is due to have her second baby in May. It is such a delight to have my daughter with me today on the Language of Play. Thank you, Gwen, for being here. Thank you, Mom, for having me. It's so much fun. So now I 
One is specifically to bring you on the show because I wanted you to share your story on something you did that I thought you were nuts on. And this is what she said to me. I'm going to potty train my six-month-old. And I said, what? What are you doing? I always learned that you can't communicate these things to the little ones because they don't have bowel and bladder control. And she went on the computer and she found something called potty tunity, was it? Elimination communication. Okay, elimination communication. And then she told me about it. And so I said, Gwen, please come on the show and tell people how it is that you have communicated this concept to your son, what happened along the way, which blew my mind. And I was really glad I didn't deter her, even though I thought this wouldn't work. I was wrong. And it took time, though. Tell us where you began and how it is that you thought to do this in the first place. Well, um, just for starters, I'm not a professional at this, and I um, haven't ever taken a class on it. I just did a lot of reading before my son was born. This being potty training? Um, yeah, elimination communication. Elimination communication is different than potty training. Potty training would happen, um, I think they say over 18 months, where elimination communication can start at birth. Um, I wanted to start earlier than six months, but I didn't have the wherewithal within me to start trying. Around six months, I was like, okay, I'm just going to try and see what happens. Um, what did trying look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I started noticing that as I was breastfeeding um, my baby, about the end of his breastfeeding session or right after he was done, close to done or after done, um, he started pooping and I could feel him bearing down when I had my hand on his belly. And so I knew that it was going to take place. When I started feeling movements in his abdomen, I put him in a squatting position between my knees and I said, poop. So he wasn't at the toilet or anything. He was just sitting on your lap in a diaper and you just said poop while he's pooping. Yeah. So you started to pair the word with the action. Yes. How long did you do that? maybe a week. Oh, not a long time. It it was, yeah. And then, um, eventually he was waiting till the end of his feeding more often. Um, and then we went to the toilet and I would keep him in a diaper on the toilet and I would just say, and I'd sit behind him and put him in the squatting position and say poop. And pretty soon we transitioned to me in front of him with a diaper and saying poop. And then we took the diaper off and said poop. How old was he the first time he actually pooped in the toilet? Six months. Six months. On command. On command, or I followed his cues more like that. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. 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 So it's about reading him um, and, like, listening to what his body and his mannerisms are telling me. Sure. So I know that a lot of people can actually do this with pee and poop and get their babies to, like, go in a bucket or in a toilet or whatever pretty soon after birth, couple weeks, months. That and you'd have to do more research than I did. But my, my goal was just poop because I don't like changing poopy diapers, especially when you start introducing solid food. Sure. What gave you the wherewithal to keep going at this? Because I'm imagining that when you're breastfeeding your baby, 
and he's six months old, you are going from like breast to the toilet and spending a lot of time sitting there at the toilet, being with the toilet, spending your conversations all on potty. Tell me about that. Well, we didn't get proficient in a month. Right. Um, I think it was two or three months until it was really, he was doing it most often with me. Um, and he would still not do it for other people, not even my and his dad. So we, we had that communication, that bond, but other people didn't necessarily. So, so he knew how to communicate it with you and trusted you to listen, to yeah. hear him. Yeah. But he didn't know how yet to communicate it to anybody else. Correct. And maybe, like you said, others just didn't know how to read his body as well as you did. Because as a mom, you're you're so bonded to him. You're connected to him. You're sensing what he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. So at 12 months was the first time I saw it in my house. And he was sitting at the table and... You know, I'm grandma, so he's he decided to tell me that he needed to poop. And he's sitting in a high chair, and I see him grunt. And so what he communicated to me, and you had taught me this, was he gets red in the face, and he, he goes, <laughs> And he stares me down. And he stares me down, right. And so then I said, do you need to poop? Because you taught me to do that. And he did it again. <laughs> and yeah. so I said, okay. And I picked him up and brought him to the toilet and did what you said. And I had this little toilet seat on top so he didn't fall in or he wasn't scared of the big ring. And he pooped. And I was shocked. I was just shocked. And I think I <laughs> called you at work and said, he pooped <laughs> in the toilet. And you were so proud of him. Tell me about the transition for other people having the experience too. Well, I think a lot of it just has to do with grace with yourself. Mm. Um. Because if you're expecting perfection, that's not going to happen unless you can be 100% there all the time, watching your child all the time. And that's just not realistic for most people. Um, and when you have other people caring for your child, the child is going to have more accidents because of that communication that's happening with other people versus just with you. Sure, it takes time. So you need to be graceful with your child and graceful filled with yourself and it's yeah it's gonna take time but I can say that now he's 18 months and we haven't changed a dirty diaper and I don't even know how many months that's amazing I remember traveling with you in the car uh we went to a funeral and on the way back he was fussing in the car and we were wondering what the problem was and then you brought him in the house and realized that he had been trying to communicate that he needed to go to the bathroom, but we didn't catch on as we were driving. Well, and that's been one of my issues, too. He doesn't understand, like, to poop on the side of the road or poop on command those ways. He associates the toilet with pooping. And so... So you need to have your own toilet or a familiar toilet? That works the best, yes. Right. Occasionally he'll go in the gas station or at church or something but it's a lot harder for him and I'm holding him over the toilet and it's not as comfortable sure um but we're just that's where we're at we're just trying one thing at a time and sometimes he is uncomfortable in the car or at a friend's house and then we get home and then he can go so he's holding it just fine yeah that's amazing that is like totally amazing because what I learned 
was that kids can't do this until they're between two and three at the earliest. And that's totally what I understood as bowel and bladder control. And what I have seen with Foster, your son, is that that simply isn't true. It's it's about communicating and it's about building that relationship and listening to your child so that you can understand their communication. And then with you talking with them, they start to understand what's going on in their body. And then you're reading their body cues. And so I find it fascinating. Yeah, and if anyone is um, excited and wanting to do this with their child, I'd just tell you, read up on it. Do a lot of reading before you begin. And then be graceful. Just try, because why not? Right, what's the harm? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you save one diaper here or there. Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now... We're talking bowel control for you because you've taught him to poop in the toilet. What about um, pee? Um, I wasn't very concerned about that. And so I haven't spent a lot of time on just peeing. Occasionally in the last month or two, he, when we put him on the toilet to try to poop, he will go pee. And then we just praise him. There's been a couple of times that he's told me he has to poop. We get to the toilet, he pees, and then he's done. Um, Sometimes his diaper's dry, sometimes it's not. Could probably spend some more time actually potty training now that he's older and do that, but I just haven't started. Yeah, but he clearly is communicating and clearly has an understanding of that the toilet is for elimination. Mm -hmm. And so that really is good words for teaching him communication, elimination communication. Um, One other thing I like to add is that sometimes he just needs a poop toy, is what we call it, to focus. (laughs) So when he was around um, six, eight, ten months old, we would have, like, two Legos in the bathroom. And he would just hold them and kind of look at them, turn them over, play with them. And it was just enough to help him concentrate so that he could go poop. And relax. And relax, exactly. And now it has escalated to bringing the bulldozer into the bathroom that's half his size. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes we just pick whatever we need to bring to the bathroom. And <laughs> sometimes the answer is no, that won't work today. That's too big. <laughs> At my house, one day he opened up the pots and pans drawer and he pulled out a strainer. He looked at me with the strainer in his hands. And he said, poop, and he ran to the bathroom with the strainer. And so I followed him. Then I put him up on the toilet, and then he put the strainer on his head and said, hat, (laughs) as he played with the strainer, and then he pooped in the toilet. He very often will grab a bunch of toys and then look at me and say, poop or grunt or start running to the bathroom. I, I think toys are one of the cues for me and for him. That, okay, I have my relaxing thing, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and now I'm going to go. Yeah. But it's it's important to him at this point to have something in his hands, and maybe we'll change what that something is, and maybe we won't. I don't know. I found that he wasn't able to follow through. If he didn't have a toy at my house, when I was babysitting him, he, he just couldn't go. And so I have a drawer in my bathroom that's by the toilet. I would open it up and give him a hairbrush. 
And that was fine. Mm-hmm. It was just something in his hands that he could play with. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he wanted to look at the hair pick, and it didn't matter what it was. It could have even been rings from jars. It could have been sometimes I pull the scrunchie out of my hair and hand it to him. It seemed like it was anything to play with. And if he had something, it was relaxing enough to him so that he could just... Mm-hmm. Now, there's something else you've been doing just recently with him, and that was when you put him on the toilet and you're telling him to use the bathroom, you know, to, to poop, and he doesn't want to sit there anymore. He wants to get up and leave. And so you've been saying mm-hmm. to him, you have to wait until I count to 10. Tell us about the success and the problem with that. Well, I actually... I uh, learned this from my friend uh, who was trying to do this elimination communication with me as well. Um, she started doing it with her child, and I was like, oh, this is a great technique. Her kid didn't want to sit on the toilet, so she just started counting to 10. And so we have implemented that in situations that he doesn't want to sit there. And oftentimes, by about 7 or 8, he's going pee, at least. Okay. Yeah, I heard him start counting, too, so you've been doing this for a little while. <laughs> so he's kind of just counting, not necessarily knowing all the meaning of it, but he's... he's he likes to say two and three. Yeah. <laughs> not that he knows what it is or which order they go, but he says yeah. two and three. Yeah, so he's copying you and, and learning more. Yeah, it's been a really big surprise for me to see this happen, again, because it was so contrary to what is in the general knowledge, the general public, and what... I was taught, and as a um, person that grew up with other experts in child development, I've never known anybody to contradict this. So when you said that you're going to try this, it was really, like, it didn't mesh with me. It was really contradictory, but, you know, whatever, go ahead and try it. More power to you, break a leg, whatever. <laughs> but well, small there's children, something to it. Small children have a really large capacity to communicate with Mm-hmm. With especially with their mom because they have such a strong bond. You're right. They have a very strong bond with their mom. And when a parent or a primary caregiver takes the time to really watch and really listen, you're able to pick up on those cues and then follow those cues to be able to help your child experience and have language for what's going on in their body. And the language that you're using along the way is curiosity, it's exploration, it's wonder. And that's where your child is at at that time. So really, you're joining them where they're at. And it is an ebb and flow type of thing. We switch what we're doing a lot based on how he's responding and what I learn and what he is able to to do and understand. Mm -hmm. So you don't reach the finish line. You are learning and growing, stepping sideways and coming back, and then stepping to the other side and coming back, like a dance. And when he tells you that he has to poop in the middle of the night because he woke up, that's simply not true. He's just (laughs) overtired. Don't listen. (laughs) He will just cry harder. Okay, so Gwen, let's say somebody's listening to this and they want to try this with their child. Not that their child necessarily is super young, not that, you know, whatever. If they want to try this with their child, what tips would you give to set a parent up for success? What kinds of things did you learn that were helpful? First, I just want to explain what success is. Success in this situation is what you determine it to be. It's Mm -hmm. not 
of failure versus success. It's, I guess failure is just if you get super tense and emotionally distraught over it not working. Um, mm-hmm. There's always the chance that, hey, something else is going on. There's too many, too many things happening and they're just not picking up and that's okay. Um, one of the things that I did to set myself up for success was get a stool in the bathroom that I can sit on to hold him on the potty. And finally, we got a toddler potty seat so that he didn't fall in. Um, Or be fearful of falling in. Yep. And at first, I had to hold him up on the potty seat that was on the toilet. And eventually, as he grew and had different muscles, he can now obviously sit there himself. So make sure that you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the child is comfortable. Fantastic advice for a parent that would want to try this. Good luck. Have fun. (laughs) Well, this has been delightful, Gwen, to have you with me on the Language of Play podcast. I'm so glad we could talk about my son's bowel movement. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that the listeners, especially listeners of Little Littles, are going to find this absolutely fascinating. I really do. Because we don't generally think of communicating with our children about things that is for older children or we don't know how to do it for little littles and you're talking babies and you're communicating with them so i i do think whether or not um, anybody any listener tries this i think the concept to have it in your head that you really can communicate with a tiny child is important. Whether you choose to do it with with pooping and peeing or not, it's something that you can process around for a little while and think about it. So just as you've said, Gwen, there are lots of resources for elimination communication. And if any of you parents want to search up that, Gwen totally encourages you to research for yourself and see what it is that you think you can or want to implement in your life. Yeah, just try your best. Just try something. Yeah, have fun with it. And if it doesn't work, that's okay because they were wearing a diaper before and they'll wear a diaper again. (laughs) And I think you've got a key part. It needs to stay fun. It needs to stay enjoyable. If it becomes stressful, your child will feel that and it will stop your success. All right. Thank you, my dear daughter. Thank you for being with me today. I love you. Thank you for having me, Mom. Remember, Mamas. When you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.